0: stuckness unfortunately for most people is uh, is is a default position right mm. uh, because stuckness is stuckness is stuckness is easy right it, it's it's actually easier right to be stuck
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Real Talk About Entrepreneurship Podcast, where we have real conversations about entrepreneurship, the kinds of conversations that other people are too scared to have. Today, I have Obina with me. We're both from Nigeria. Um, So welcome to the podcast, Obina. It's wonderful to have you here. So I'll just start by having you introduce yourself and what you do.
0: Sure. My name is Obina Onungwa. Everybody calls me OB for short. Uh, CEO and founder of Power by Q. Powered by Q is a strategic branding agency helping entrepreneurs thrive online and offline. We work with visionary leaders seeking to balance both beautiful media production with bold marketing that they can take to the bank. We build beautiful, bold brands.
1: I love that. So we're just going to dive right in, Obina. So the first question I want to ask you, for the purpose of other entrepreneurs who are listening to this right now, is people have this misconception about branding. And most people, when they hear branding, the first thing they think about is visual identity, which is just a portion of branding. So in your opinion, what is branding?
0: Yeah, always a loaded question. I'm going (laughs) to defer to Marty Neumeier. I think his definition is probably the most popular on the internet, right? And he keeps it in very simple layman's terms. And that is, brand is not what you say it is, it's what they say it is, right? And I suppose that that really... Uh, really embodies the nature of branding. Um, I've come to think about it uh, really as a platform. I've come to think about it as a community of shared values. Um, Obviously at the center of that community uh, can be products, services, and experiences, but really thinking thinking about brand um, as really this, uh, as a shared space, right? Where people come together. Um, to exchange ideas, to uh, exchange value, right? And to the extent, extent that entrepreneurs, business people um, can really think about what they do in missionary terms in that way, um, that's really how you build uh, a very powerful, a very deep uh, brand that uh, that individuals can attach themselves to.
1: So there's so much to unpack there, but I want to start with Um, Your definition of branding, funny enough, I hadn't even heard the other one you said is popular. I I haven't heard of that. But your definition of of branding, which is a brand is a community of shared values. I think that's loaded. I think that's loaded. And I think to me, it strikes at the heart of what branding really is. So can you break that apart a little more in your understanding, Obina, that community of shared values, that definition of branding, what does that mean?
0: Yeah, so... To unpack that, uh, to unpack that further, right. So I think typically, uh, usually at the center of brand, right, at the center of great brands, right, you have uh, an individual. Uh, at times, that individual is is charismatic and convicted uh, in their perspective on the world. Uh, typically, they uh, are attacking, right, or challenging, right, a a problem, uh, and they're looking to uh, Produce or provide uh, a product, service, or an experience, right? In response to uh, a problem, usually brands re- require some kind of enrollment or require some type of, of, of recruitment, if you will, uh, buy in of many different stakeholders, right? This could be, you know, for our commercial context, this could be investors, this could be employees, contractors, um, as well as customers and clients, right? And that entire community right, uh, needs to be aligned, right, on this uh, shared uh, goal, right, this shared uh, objective. Um, And in that community, right, that I've articulated, hopefully this is a little clearer, right, um, Mm -hmm. everyone has a role, right, everyone has a role to play, uh, and everyone has a contribution, right, uh, towards this, uh, towards this mission and vision, right. Um, Now, to the extent that you can established language right shared language right around this shared mission and vision well now you have a way right for the community to to see one another right and to connect uh with with one another mm. uh, and then from that language right typically uh there is symbolism right and there's a, a visual language right that you look to uh establish right and so this is where your perhaps your colors come in this is where your typography comes in this is where some of the more traditional elements of branding come in that most people think about right when they think about uh, brand right but I think before we move uh before we move to the uh visual expression of the brand right as you as you articulated early on I think a lot of people overlook or overstep right that foundational uh more conceptual uh aspect of branding and that is really the 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 abstract or the or the, or the thought uh, component of brand right so you know what are we doing right who are we for who are we against what do we stand for right what is our value system what about our offering our contribution is different from what presently exists yeah. uh, and the, another term that we hear often is is distinguish right so how do we distinguish or separate ourselves right yeah. uh, from uh, from other organizations from other movements right from other products from other services
1: Mm
0: -hmm. so i hope that i hope that was better
1: definitely that helps so you know that brings to mind some conversations you and i have had and it's funny all these things you mentioned even as a content expert even as a content expert who has worked with you these are some of the things Mm -hmm. i walked you through like when it comes to clarifying your messaging right and it just brings to my mind the anti-branding sentiment that's out there right now. And this con- we've had this conversation extensively, right? So there's there seems to be an anti-branding sentiment out there. All of a sudden there's this thought that, you know, your branding doesn't matter and all that matters is marketing. And all of a sudden yeah. there's this thought that, you know, even to the, even to visual identity, some people even like some people disregard and dismiss the importance of visual identity, which I don't agree with. I absolutely do not agree with that. So in your opinion, what is the relationship or what is the importance of branding and how does that contribute ultimately to better marketing?
0: Wow, that's a powerful question. Um, And of course we've talked through this and I think we're still clarifying um, our our response. Um, I'll first tackle the first part. I think the tribes, uh, sort of the digital tribe uh, of marketing to the West and the digital tribe of branding to the East, um, I think oftentimes there's a, there's a conflation or there's a misunderstanding, right? Of what both tribes are, are looking to accomplish. I think both groups are ultimately looking to reach people, right? They're ultimately looking to enroll people. They're ultimately looking to communicate to people. Um, but there is a, Misunderstanding, right? In terms of the the role and the relationship, right, of both branding and marketing. In in my mind, I tend to, I tend to view, uh, branding as foundational to to marketing. I know that 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 uh, that sort of up down structure bothers some people, and some folks may agree with or disagree rather with mm-hmm. that modeling. Uh, but I think that branding, right, is really the establishment of your gospel, if you will, uh, mm-hmm. and marketing is the distribution or the promotion or the spread uh, of that gospel, right? And so I think the work around, really, really doing the deep work around. Okay, well, what are we essentially, right? And who are we looking to speak to, and what is the essence of their, of their, of their need, right? Um, to me, that is kind of the heartbeat of brand. And to the extent that you speak, that you skip that, right, you're typically going to uh, land at a pretty at a pretty vanilla message, right, and a pretty one size fits all, very generic uh, approach, right, to your marketing efforts. Which again, I think many marketers are guilty of, right, um, right, Be- because they because they undervalue that foundational work, right. They end up stepping into a one size fits all. Uh, approach right to to the market. Um, now, there's the second part of your question um, concerning again visual brand identity. I think there has been really a cheapening, uh, a, a devaluing right of of design. I think as we we just live in a world where uh, there are many different places where you can go right to to quote unquote get design work. Um, but again, as as mentioned earlier. Uh, the the design and the visual brand identity is ultimately an extension of right a more a more comprehensive and a more foundational um, identity right and so again I, again if you if you skip that positioning work and skip that thought work right and then you again jump straight into the visual brand identity yet again right you end up creating something um, that is that is misaligned right with who you're looking to speak to. Um, and that often and that more often than not will come off as cheap or rushed, right, or 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 not as thoughtful, right, which then undermines your marketing objective, right. So to kind of tie that together, I think, um, I think, I think it's misunderstanding, right. And I think uh, and I, I imagine in a corporate context, it's just more of what we see, just siloed groups, right, that just don't spend enough time kind of talking to one another and learning what one another does and how to best support one another. So that's my, that's my take.
1: That's a great response. (laughs) And and it it brought to mind things that I've experienced as someone who values branding, but is also on the marketing side. And i found that, you know, marketers or let's say, let's, 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 let me qualify that by saying marketers nowadays are under this assumption that, you know, like, it's almost like sometimes misdirected action is better than no action at all, right? And it's all about putting the message out. You don't have to clarify the message. Just put something out and test, 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 test. And what I've noticed as someone who has been on both sides of a scale is the more you put your message out without a strong foundation of what the message is, what the core is, what your voice is, the more time you spend testing. Mm -hmm. The more time you spend testing, the more money possibly you spend testing. So if you're doing ads, for instance, you're going to be testing with money, right? But when you strengthen the foundation of what you're doing first, the less experimentation is required to hit the mark. That's what I've noticed as someone who has done both of the relationship between branding and marketing. You know, so... So now that said, I know I kind of threw you into the hot seat immediately, <laughs> which is what I like to do to my guests. Kind of like you know, these
0: me. are big loaded questions and I'm sure tons of folks will either agree with my sentiment. And that's okay. And that's fine. and right? That's yeah. but
1: that's, what, that's that's okay. You know, that's, that's the, it's the world that we live in. It's the, it's the niche, the market, the, the world, the marketplace that we live in. You know, some people are going to agree. Right. Some people are not going to agree. So um, right. now that we've said all that, um, I, 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 you're warm enough now to tell us a bit more about right. your story. <laughs> Tell us a bit more about your story, uh, how th- how you came to be the expert that you are today.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, no, absolutely. Um, so I've been in New York City for almost 10 years now. I can barely believe that when I slow down and think about it. But um, to give you kind of the accelerated version. So again, uh, born and raised in Washington, D.C., right, to Nigerian immigrant parents, um, was was made to understand early on, right, that engineering, law and medicine were basically my three pathways to be successful in life. Um, I chose engineering very early, computer engineering to be specific, Um, and I had a a cousin actually who was like the academic darling, right, in our family, right, he worked for Texas Instruments, and so from the first day that I got my hands on a TI-83, I I set my mind early on that, okay, I want to work for TI, right, you know, they had no clue kind of where they were based or even fully what they do, but figured this would be a good pathway. Um, Flash forward, right, uh, graduated high school, uh, went to University of Maryland College Park on partial scholarship uh, in the engineering program, uh, realized very early, right, that this is actually not what I wanted to do, uh, went through something of an identity crisis, right, really figuring out, okay, well, how am I going to break this to my parents? How am I going to tell them, right, that I that I failed the family, right, and that this, this goal of engineering is not going to happen? Um, so kind of struggled with that, never actually really told them. Ended up falling into this world of humanities, African history to be specific. Uh, and again, that's kind of like you probably relate to this as a as a as a child of immigrants. That of humanities, of course, is totally unacceptable, right? You're spending tens of thousands of dollars, right, at an esteemed institution um to study, to study African history. But that's what I did. Um, wonderful experience. Uh, but then graduated into one of the toughest markets. Probably in recorded history, 2008 was a tough time. Anyone who knows, knows. Uh, that was a difficult time to just find jobs. And suddenly, uh, found myself needing to be practical. Uh, you know, so again, went back to, to, to school, went to Howard University, uh, picked up a, a master's degree in finance. Uh, that led, right, to an opportunity at Goldman Sachs uh, in New York City. Um, once again, another sort of crisis of, wait a second, this is not exactly working for me. Um, this this banking thing, what am I gonna do now? Left that, um, worked for a handful of different tech companies in New York City, um, spent some time in Ghana, right? Working uh, for an organization and connecting with the tech ecosystem out there. Uh, built a product, right? Looking to serve barbers and help barbers in the promotion of their of their services. Um, that led to a few different opportunities uh, wasn't able to raise the capital needed right to scale that product uh, but in the process met a very interesting tribe of barbers in New York City who I befriended uh, and they started reaching out to me for a number of different creative things right like hey listen you know we need someone to help us with our logo we need someone to put this flyer together hey do you know someone who can help us with this photo shoot with this website um, so suddenly, I found myself thrust into this into this world, right, of uh, of branding, right, for a very specific, overlooked niche. Uh, and uh, you know, one thing led to the next, right? We kind of went from that niche to a few other different niches in the beauty space, which then led to some other opportunities. Um, and suddenly, I just found myself head first, right, you know, into this world of actually sitting down with people and helping them to really get clear, right, on what it is that they're looking to accomplish, who they're looking to accomplish this for, um, how to research, right, and how to sort of think through positioning from that thought work, then extending into uh, the visual brand identity, which we spoke to, which often requires then again, right, some photography and videography production, uh, which then again, typically, Will culminate right into some kind of web expression of some kind, right? You know, be it landing pages, web applications, websites, um, complementary to that is social media creative as well, right? So, you know, and then we've got a chance to work with other agencies. We've got a chance to work with government agencies here in New York City. Um, and, you know, here we are rolling forward and looking to just get better every day.
1: That's wonderful. So I, I noticed the theme in your story that I want to explore a little more. Right. And it's similar to my story, too. Um, I was lucky and I was laughing when you talked about, you know, the options we have, because I've said it several times, like to the typical immigrant family, your options are either lawyer, doctor, engineer or disappointment. Right. Like those are the four options. <laughs> so like just just to validate you. Yeah. Like when you don't choose those three options, you let down the family pretty much. I was I was lucky to be born into a home where our parents just nurtured us in whatever direction we wanted to go. So our um, parents I have an older brother who explored like music, you know, like even me myself too, right? So that all that's to say that I, I kind of aligned with the path I wanted to be on pretty early. However, how I wanted to fulfill that part path was where I had to like experiment, right? And you go along on different aspect and stages in your journey and even as you were speaking about your journey i could tell the difference in your intonation between where you were earlier on experience um experiencing and experimenting with some of these other career choices and where you are now there's sort of like a calm there's there's sort of like you feel like you're here now like this is what you want to do long term and so the question i want to ask because i know there's so many people out there right now who are probably experiencing similar things don't know where they're supposed to be um don't know if they're where they're supposed to be how do you? What does alignment feel like to wow. you? How do you know when you're finally like, okay, this is this is it. This is where I'm gonna be.
0: Wow. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a really really powerful question. And I have I have younger siblings and a number of mentees who I who I, who I work with on this. Um, and it it alignment alignment really begins with curiosity. Hmm. Um, and I think this theme of, of curiosity, this theme of exploration, this, this theme of really, you know, uh, if we can lean on our Nigerian parents for a moment growing up, they used to always speak to, okay, what field do you want to be in quote unquote, right? That's kind of very non-American English, right? For like, what space do you want to be in? What, uh, what, what domain, right? Do you see yourself being in? Right. And I think in that is a recognition that it's endless, right? So again, there's this idea, and this is why this is so disorienting, I think for young people, is that there's this misconception, right? That they've got to sort of figure it all out and they need to find something that they understand in totality, right? As opposed to uh, locating something that they're okay being curious about forever right? Uh, and so I think locating and identifying, okay, well, what am I curious about? What do I want to explore? Mm. Right? And then I would then move into who do I want to serve, right? Or sort of what what audience or what community or what tribe, if, if you will, uh, mm. do I want to work on behalf? Uh, and then from there, I would then spend some time really I'm packing my own skill sets and, okay, what are, what are the things that I'm naturally good at? What are the things that people even outside of me, right, kind of come to me and appreciate? And we probably all had those moments where, like, someone is looking at you and they're telling you, hey, you're really good at this, right? And we all kind of, we we have those moments where we look back and it's like, it's almost like, really? Like, there's almost this kind of shock, this disorientation Around being affirmed in that way, because for you it's just something that you do. You don't really think about it as a as a skill or as anything that's particularly novel. And so I would say, okay, well, pay attention to that, right? Pay attention to the things that uh, that people are appreciating in you, the, the 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 sort of undervalued skills that you have. Yeah, and I think alignment is bringing together all of those. Mm. Right. And and again, and it's 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 likely not an overnight thing. It's a, I think it's a different road for different people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I think you begin with curiosity. You recognize that, OK, uh, you know, this this interest, this curiosity has potential right to morph into a passion mm. that even in that state of passion, it's uh, it, it isn't a destination, but rather it's a continuum. Right? Mm. It's, a, it's a place that you're going to be in uh, for forever <laughs> uh, yeah. or, or, or even for a time, right? Because even as I say that, I mean, I'm 36, right? I mean, I imagine there's opportunities, right, to continually rediscover new passions and new domains and new interests. Yeah. Um, so alignment is bringing together uh, curiosity, bringing together a domain, bringing together a community. Uh, and really looking to, to integrate those things in a way that's, that's satisfying in a way, and in a way that's inspiring.
1: That's powerful because you brought to mind something that I thought about recently. And I also fell into the trap initially of thinking purpose is a destination, right? That's what we all think. It's like, it's this place where we, we find ourselves and you, know, you feel a certain type of way. But I had an epiphany, I think like two years ago and it was like, purpose is a journey. It's not a destination. Purpose, purpose is literally a journey. Purpose evolves, right? Like your purpose now might not be your purpose in the future, right? And, and it's all about just, I guess, fulfilling that purpose wherever you are called in that moment. And then right. I think the tricky part there though is knowing when certain things are done serving their purpose. That's the mm. tricky part for a lot of people. A lot of people stay stuck. And honestly, yeah. I'd like to hear your thoughts because I still don't know how to help people realize when something is done serving its purpose. And I'll use an example that's close to my heart. You know, my story will be now. One of the the themes in my story has been, you know, quitting jobs that are, we're just done serving their purpose. It's just done serving its purpose. It's like no hard feelings on my end or their end. At the time, sometimes there were hard feelings, but now I know that I can look back in retrospect and go, you know what? No hard feelings. It just finished serving its purpose. And I know there were some feelings in that moment that let me know and pushed me to realize that whatever it is I was in in that moment had done serving its purpose and it was time to move on. So in your opinion, you know, you've also done pretty much the same thing, you know, quit several, quit a certain track of studies, you know, quit finance jobs, all that stuff. What were the things in that moment that made you understand that you needed to explore a little more?
0: Great question uh, again, uh, Cynthia. My view on this is that uh, stuckness, unfortunately, for most people, is uh, is is a default position. Right? Mm. Uh, because stuckness is stuckness is stuckness is easy, right? It, it's it's actually easier, right, to be stuck. Um, what is probably the hardest, right, is to begin. Right. And, you know, if we if we look at even just the core philosophy of our agency is we get the question all the time, like, what is Q, right? Well, Q means to to begin. It means to initiate. It means to start. I mean, again, that's the hardest part. Right. Powered by Q. Right. So we really see ourselves really uh, as a catalyst. Right. For your own beginnings. Right. Because that's the hardest part. Right. The hardest part to begin that podcast. Right. Uh, Mm -hmm. To begin that clothing brand. Right. Uh, to begin that e-course, right? Starting is is difficult, right? And oftentimes it's challenging because we want to perfect it before we begin, right? But that's not how the universe works. Mm. Um, but I would say close to that, right, is in line la- close to that difficulty and close to that tension is the other side of that, right? That you that you spoke to, right? And that's ending right mm-hmm. so again like how do you know where the line is to end something how do you know when something is has run its course how do you know when you've exhausted something mm-hmm. and again I think we see the struggle as well right whether this is the context of relationships right how do you know when to end a relationship how do you know when a relationship has actually served its purpose and you've gotten what you needed to get here you've given what you needed to give here um, how do you know uh, when you're in the when you when you're in the wrong niche right and you you know you need to kind of take a step back and reevaluate uh the position of your brand the position of your organization um how do you know when you're you know done with a certain exercise routine or done with a certain diet or the, the point is that like being able to to draw the line right uh and and pivot and adjust is a difficult process um and it's difficult because again um stuckness is the default stuck stuckness is easy right um it's it's easy to stay stuck and to be in this space of of meandering it's easy to conflate thinking and doing right mm-hmm. so, which is really stuckness for me defined right where it's like okay you're just locked in to an unproductive thought cycle right that's that's not that's not moving you closer right to where you to where you want to to okay. go hopefully that answers
1: It does. I, I, I think the biggest takeaway from that is just stuckness is the default, and I think just an awareness of the fact that stuckness is the default would help a lot of people realize or gain consciousness into when they're stuck, right?
0: Yeah, that's right. When they're
1: stuck, right? So, for me, for instance, I and And you know, like,
0: in what areas you're stuck in? In
1: what areas you're stuck in? Because I, I feel like we are built to grow the human DNA, the human mind yearns for growth. And so for me, for instance, it's almost like every cell in my body when it's time to move on is loud in that moment, letting me know it's time to move on for some people, like you said, because stuckness is the default. And I think now that I think about it, I feel like it might be a muscle too, that you train the more you're able to move on and grow the louder that voice becomes when it's time to move on. But if you've Great. gotten used to a pattern of staying stuck, then that becomes your comfort zone. So, yeah. um, so that's a wonderful response. Thank you so much for that. So we've come to a segment I call, Tell Me Something Real. And uh-huh. this is where, because this is a Real Talk About Entrepreneurship Podcast, um, and this is where you tell me something real, some struggle you've had, some challenge you've had in your journey as an entrepreneur, as a person, and how you overcame that struggle you pick anything
0: <laughs> yeah i mean there there is there are many struggles um but i think the immediate one that comes to mind right is uh family and entrepreneurship struggle mm-hmm. uh really you know bringing together uh you know married life right with your spouse bringing together uh, children, right, bringing together the business, bringing together aging parents, bringing together uh, just obligations and demands, right, that come with adulting, right, yeah. um, and, uh, you know, the fact of the matter is that, you know, you can feel overwhelmed, right, you can feel inadequate, right, to effectively meet all of those challenges, uh, you may also not have, you um, outlets or channels or spaces, right, where you can, you know, refresh and and recover. So I would say that that hands down has been my uh, biggest challenge, right, over the past uh, few years, right, uh, you know, we did welcome a young, a young child during the pandemic. And so as I kind of look at that season, it's like, uh, in hindsight, it's like a miracle, right? It's like, okay, world shuts down, you've got to pivot your 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 agency you know you're running around with masks right you that you have to get your financial model working in the right direction you need financing right to sort of maintain uh payroll and to kind of stay ahead you've got to figure out digital marketing in new ways your clients are actually uh have new demands right because who would have thought right that a pandemic would actually increase demand right in branding services, more people online, more people needing to clarify their message, more people needing to figure out uh, the internet, right, and how to convey their their value across this medium. Uh, And then where you know, by the time you know it, you're a seven day a week, always on person, anxious at 11 o'clock at night, anxious at one o'clock in the morning, over drinking, over eating, stressing out, unbalanced. Um, and then in that state, it doesn't really matter what mm. your financial statements say, right? It doesn't really matter what your numbers are in a business concept, context because the the primary and the essential numbers of life, right, are, are off balance, right? Hours of sleep, right? Amount of water consumed, amount of cardio activity, sunlight, amount of prayer, amount of sunlight, right? Uh, amount of quality time, right, with friends and family, right. So, it's easy to get unbalanced. It's easy to make an idol of your business, uh, and it's also even easier, right, to make an idol of uh, of 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 digital stardom, right, and being an online influencer, being uh, someone with eyeballs on you all the time. It's 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 easy to kind of get stuck in that, right, and so i would say that this is very much uh challenging part as i think about this chapter of my life this chapter of of the book eventually right um this this was a, this was a hard part right um and but i'm thankful though right to be on the uh really i want to say on the other side of that i mean I've, I've been in a really deep valley uh but i think we're coming up high now uh to a new space of a greater opportunity of uh, of greater awareness of greater skills of a greater team of a greater client base and so everything is 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 moving is moving up right um so that's what, the synopsis
1: what changed what did you do what helped Yes,
0: yeah so what 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 i did and what i'm doing um is really uh really facing fear hmm. uh, really really sort of you know, unpacking to the best of my ability, you know, what does it mean to be a courageous person? Mm. Um, You know, what are the things that I'm afraid of? And why am I afraid of them? Uh, You know, Tim Ferriss introduced me to fear setting, right? I think that's, it's, it's simple, but it's powerful, right? I think there's something to be said for actually writing out your fears, Mm. and looking at them nakedly on paper and realizing, okay, that, you know, these boogeymen are actually not that bad. Mm. Um, It isn't that, uh, scary right to get on camera with, with with a Cynthia and share your life and push out your testimony into the ether right that's not as terrifying as it may seem yeah. um, it isn't as terrifying to go after bigger client opportunities with bigger budgets you know bigger client opportunities bigger budgets mean bigger responsibilities but in general right the 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 payoff sometimes is, is bigger as well right mm-hmm. um, and so Um, really, really just lining out, right? Where am I stuck exactly, right? Because I think stuckness and fear kind of go hand in hand, Mm. stuckness, fear and anxiety, right? I think those three things have a relationship. And so I think to the extent that you can really just lay those down and think through them and pray through them and work through them and then look for those in your network or even outside of your network, right? Who've overcome these things. Uh, and if they have a coaching fee, pay it, right? Because you know, what's a few dollars, right? To get to get unstuck. These are all the things that 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 I that I learned and that I'm implementing. Mm.
1: Therapy has also come through clutch for me, and you know, listeners of my podcast know that I'm very open about my therapy journey. I've been in therapy since February 2020, right when the oh. pandemic started. Um, and right. it, the final push I needed to go was insomnia because the whole time I'd been struggling with anxiety, all forms of anxiety, but I'd never had insomnia. I'd never had trouble sleeping. And all of a sudden I started having trouble sleeping on top of all the work that I had to do. And I was just like, nope, <laughs> it's time to seek yes. help. And it's been yeah. life changing for me. It's been wow. life changing for me. So thank you so much for sharing. And I love that you brought up family and balancing all that. Cause we'd like to pretend that you can, that you can separate those things, right? In fact, when it comes to yeah. marketing, marketing has the three market spaces: health, wealth, and relationships, right? But they're all connected. They're right, right. they're all connected. If your wealth right. is affected, it'll probably affect your relationships and your health. If your health is affected, it'll probably affect your wealth and your relationships. If your if your and if your relationships are affected, it'll probably affect your health and your wealth. They're all interrelated. We're, we're complex beings, right. so. Thank you so much for being honest. You you told us something real. Um, so yeah. where can people connect with you and find your work?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so no visit www.poweredbyq.com. Uh, we can also be found on Instagram at uh, Powered by Q. Uh, we've also recently launched a podcast, the Visionary Leader Podcast, uh, where we're highlighting a number of entrepreneurs. Cynthia, you're going to be joining us very soon, right? Yeah. uh where we help founders <laughs> right um to create cultivate and cash in uh mm-hmm. on their brand vision right so that's really exciting and yeah for anyone who's looking to uh, expand their brand grow their business um and get really clear and get really deep right on the on the essence right of what they stand for and what separates them uh we're definitely the agency for you
1: Perfect. Thank you so much for your time, Obina. This has been a wonderful conversation. Thank you to the listeners of the Real Talk About Entrepreneurship podcast. Reach out to Obina if you have any follow-up questions or whatever to anything he said. And if you enjoyed this podcast, feel free to subscribe so you know when we have new episodes up. Share this episode with someone else who might need it. If there's something in here that inspired you, feel free to share it with someone else. And I'll see you all in the next episode.